Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable. This episode, bad guy Bob gets identified as a secret agent of anarchy and evil. Maritime Mark spits truth about starting out and reveals that Tenacious D are actually dolphins. And Scallywag Way questions how diminutive Danny actually is and throws Mark under the bus. From weed-addicted vampire cage to dastardly dino-rider demagogues. <laughs> yes, it's time for Curious Conspiracy Corner. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted. And enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of your favorite podcast, number one podcast in the world, everyone's favorite, Distractable. That's me. That's also me, don't forget. Yeah, I'm joined as usual by my competitors for the day, Mark and Wade. It's those guys who talked already, and I said them in the backwards order. You know who they are, probably. Probably. You know who Mark is anyway, that's for sure. Ouch, but fair. Not ouch. True. True win. All right, man. Hey, I'm in your boat. It's not like I'm in Mark's boat. We're in the same boat, and Mark's in his own boat, and it's way bigger than our boat. I like boats. I know. I thought you'd go, I thought you'd like the boat metaphor. If you've never seen this podcast, welcome. You've joined at a weird time, but uh, it's there's they're going to compete. The winner of the episode hosts the next one. I'm going to give out points. I I don't do that. I just arbitrarily pick winner. I think we all know what happens at this point. Points don't matter. It's like whose line is it anyway? That Aisha Taylor show. Tyler, Taylor, Tyler, Aisha Tyler. Are you okay, Mark? I got a light glare on my screen that I don't remember being there before. I can't see my face when we're talking. Did your did your setup move or something? Or I don't know. You're That's right? a strange thing. Like I have my haunted light here that I still haven't fixed, but this is the other light, and I, I don't remember seeing this harsh of a glare on this. Maybe if I just turn the light, so well then I, I lose illumination. Mark's got some real problems. How are you today, Wid? Oh, I'm doing well. Finally getting over that illness. Yeah, you sound less sick. That's pretty good. Still a little bit of that congestion left. I won't describe the horrible snot strands. I'll save you the, the description, but it's... The snot cramps, did I hear? No. Snot cramps? You got snamstowed? No, no. <laughs> though I will say, like, you know, the throat and nose do get pretty raw when you're constantly blowing your nose, specifically. <laughs> right. That was an accident. Like you didn't know. Uh, well, I'm glad you're healthy, Wid. Oh, but then there's blessing at the back. Okay, I was going to ask Mark how he's doing, but we can tell. If you're watching on Spotify podcasts, if you're watching the video only available on Spotify, uh, you could see the horrible situation that Mark is in. Yeah, it's suffering. Look yeah. at the illumination levels, Mark. <sighs> It's not, yeah, I don't have a, quite the same amount of edge lighting, but if it goes this way, then it's going to just, mm -hmm. it's going to glare the screen and right there, and, and literally my camera lens is like shadowed right there. Oh, that fixed it. Oh, perfect. I just moved my monitors. <laughs> That's what it was. My monitor got moved to, anyway, it's all good, guys. All of Mark's problems are solved. That's all you got going on over there, right? <laughs> it was such an easy fix. I am professional. Okay. Well, since Mark's not going to talk about it, I'm doing good. No, no, I, I have so much to talk about. I have so much to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Go ahead, bud. I do. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about, like, to clarify some things. And this isn't this isn't necessarily to, like, clear my name or or get people back on my side or anything like that. Oh, here we go. Kind of sounds like it's both of those, but okay. No, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk very honestly about the things that I do and the things that I talk about and the things that I enjoy talking about are sometimes expensive yes 
it's not necessarily because I have expensive taste, but I want people to understand this. And this isn't a defense of myself. Everything I talk about is actually an investment on the work that I do. And the fascinating thing is, I hope it's not lost on people that I still recommend that when people are starting out, they do not get the best stuff right away. But I am 10 or 11 years into my career of doing this. So I have worked my way up to a skill level that necessitates to go further. I need certain things to get there. And some of them are expensive. And I always try to endeavor to get the cheaper option and look at something of high potential. But I still want to encourage people because there's probably some people that are getting the wrong idea, not just like people like, I can't afford that. It's like people are getting the wrong idea that you would need these things to do like more creative efforts. That's not what I'm saying. There's there's kind of an analogy that you can make with like a crayon. A crayon is cheap and a crayon can draw and a crayon can color. You can get a whole set of crayons. It's not a professional tool, but you can master that tool up to a certain level. It will take you very far because it'll develop your skills and it'll allow you to build a base of mixing colors and drawing things. And you can make incredible works of art that are world level with crayons, right? You could. I'm sure I'm sure there's some artists out there that do that, right? There must I'm Absolutely. sure there are artists who use crayons as like a serious medium that they do work. Yeah, sure. And if you were to ask certain professionals, some people might even prefer that if that's what they did all the time. The, the crayon analogy is how I use Photoshop, right? I don't use Photoshop right. I use Photoshop to a crayon level, but I take the crayon levels of those tools to my extreme. But if you start to get into higher levels, there are higher quality colored pencils out there that are actually worth the money and they are actually there. You do not need those right away. I often say people these days are somewhat fortunate because you can do pretty much everything you need to do to make YouTube videos, to make content, podcast, like edit videos, do all this stuff on your phone. If you have a phone, even an older phone at like at this point, you could have a phone that's five, six years old and you'd still be able to make perfectly relevant content. Everything would look great, sound good, and, and you would be able to get there well enough. I am at a point where I'm trying to make higher level stuff. And this, again, this isn't a defense of what I'm trying to do. I, like these things still are expensive. That is very true, but you don't need them right away to get started in this. That's what we've always said in terms of encouraging people to make content is you want to start out and master the crayon level stuff first. And then only then when you realize the limitations that you have with those tools, do you start to look beyond it? Because if you start way higher than your skill level, you're going to have things and spend too much money on things you don't need because you don't even know how to use it. That was kind of my first foray into cameras. I bought a, a DSLR camera and I didn't even know what ISO was, F, T stops, F stops. I didn't know any of these things about cameras, but I bought it and it was basically a $500 useless lump of plastic that I could not utilize properly until almost a year later it sat around. I think I remember that camera. And didn't you get like a T4 I? It was a T3i or T4i. I can't remember which. I feel like I remember because I saw what the first time I ever got to play with that camera. I was like, wow, I'm going to put it on auto. Yeah, I know, right? Honestly, auto did better than anything I could do. But meanwhile, you guys tell me my camera's on auto and I'm like, what is that? How? What? Because you're 10 years into your career. Like I'm not and I don't even know as much as Mark knows. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm in no way like an expert at these things, but I have learned things, Wade. I have avoided knowledge like the plague. You really know, do. Yeah. It's almost impressive how little you've managed to learn. You can learn to rock climb 
Or you can just drive to Everest and start walking. That's what I say. And here I am halfway up the mountain, flailing my arms and screaming help. But you know I'm here. I thought you were just going to say you could have someone drive you to the top of the mountain. Because I think that's a more accurate. <laughs> you could learn to rock climb or you could hitch a ride in someone else's truck to the top. You can just deliver yourself to the mountain by calling a cab. Mm. Look. I just want to say, for that not being a defense of your actions, Mark, done it very defensive, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> but also, it's hard to keep perspective uh, because this is our job, and like spending more money on something seems ridiculous to someone who's like trying to do this as a hobby. I've definitely bought some expensive stuff where I could have cheaped out. Who's to say if I'm getting the full benefit of all of it? I think I am. I'm doing my best. But, like, if you want to see what's possible with a crayon, uh, an interesting example of this would be Autofocus, which is a channel that Marquez Brownlee runs, which is a YouTube channel about electric vehicles, or cars in general, I think, but it's basically about EVs at this point. Uh, he shoots it exclusively on phones. He makes beautiful shots. He, shoot, he films extremely high quality like 8k exquisite things that look ridiculous he makes stuff with the cell phone which to the you know to a normal person's eyes looks just as good and he literally shot it on his iphone it's not necessarily about having expensive tools at all if you have a lot of uh, mastery of craft you can make a lot of stuff with like one or two very simple things there's a guy on reddit who only takes pictures of the moon but like <laughs> over time those pictures have gotten better and better each photo and i think that's a very similar type thing I think I heard about that. I that you know, Mark, you like yeah. space. That seems like something you'd be into. Oh wow! I think I'm going to recommend that to you. I think I'm getting older by the consonant. If by the time we end this podcast, you haven't bought the moon, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> I love your optimism of my finances. I really appreciate that. Well, how expensive could the moon be? No one else is trying to live there. If no one owns it, it's free, right? You just got to get there. Mm -hmm. Which. You know, just get in someone else's car and they'll drive you. Mm-hmm. Maybe Apple can get you to the moon. Thunderbolt your way there, like Zeus style. <laughs> Zeus style? Got that Zeus drip, you know? I just really... I got, I'm Zeused out to the nines. You know what? The topic of owning the moon is actually... I'm going to call it a segue to today's episode topic. Uh, because... How many points? No points. Because today we're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics that we haven't talked about very much, but it is one of our favorite topics. Conspiracy theories. Oh, thanks, Obama. Is that a theory? Never mind. I did it wrong. Is that a theory? That's just a theory. Obama theory. I don't know if that's right, but two points for that. The points go to Mark, though. Uh, today, I want to talk specifically about conspiracy theories as they pertain to, like, celebrities or personalities or whatever. And I want to give you, I want to start by talking about some examples. And this is, I have a few that sort of get increasingly goofy. Uh, but the first one I feel like is one, I could totally see why a lot of, a lot of people might think this, just because people are jerks. Uh, but there's a conspiracy theory out there that Stevie Wonder is in fact not blind. I've heard that one. And like famously, Stevie Wonder is a blind musician. He plays keyboard instruments, piano and stuff, and sings and like legendary musician. But there are like a couple instances, and especially there's a video of him catching a falling microphone stand that make people people look at it and they're just like, he, he ain't blind. How could he have done that? Mm -hmm. That's not how being blind works. You're not completely oblivious to anything around you that exists or makes noise. Yeah, I mean, so you've heard that, Wade. Uh, do you believe it? 
Are you on board? Are we researching this as we go, or are we trying to just from the gut? You don't have to do any research. This is this is going to be an exercise in in following your gut when we get into the meat of it. Do you want to know how I know about this? Yes, absolutely. Um, there is a line, an epic rap battle between Stevie Wonder and Wonder Woman, where she says something about his antics raising vision questions, and I was like, what an interesting line. And I looked in the comments and someone had like mentioned it and they're like, oh yeah, so there's a theory about him faking his blindness. And that's it. That's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> I was hoping you would know more about it, but that is, that's pretty funny. That's pretty on brand for me. They're, those guys, those guys are trying to be educational. Epic they rap battles put of a history. Lot. You know, those epic rap battles, they cram a lot of info into like little lines and you can miss a lot if you're not paying attention. But like whenever I hear a line that it's like raising vision question, vision like Marvel, vision like eyes what do they mean and you know i did a little bit of research i did i scrolled down it drums up just enough curiosity for you to do some research by not leaving the web page you're already on and reading two things before you decide you've learned enough i have learned in life it is better to know a whole lot or no a whole little about a lot of things than it is to know a lot about a little and I spend my life avoiding as much knowledge as possible. I, th I think you do actually have to know something about some things in order to count them as things that you know a little bit about, though. Oh, you'd think that, but I know a way around it. <laughs> That's... I have people around me who know, and I just say, hey, Mark, help. Oh, what? All right, I'll help. Yeah, thank you. I actually blanked out while he was talking. I do that a lot where my eyes just kind of glaze over. Dude, I feel the same when you talk about technology. But here's the thing. If he wasn't blind, there would probably be a lot more people trying to sell the story that he wasn't blind. You know, if, if you're faking something on that magnitude, unless you actually commit to the bit and you have your eyes closed the entire time and you try to live your life as blind, it is difficult to keep that a secret 24-7. And when you are blind, you need sometimes not everyone like sometimes you need assistance doing other tasks so you have more people around you interacting with you on a regular basis and therefore I kind of like posit that someone would have noticed because it is there are subtle things I'm okay with the coincidence of like catching a falling mic stand because again you can still hear you might notice that your voice is kind of not coming through your your monitors as nicely because you're the mic's falling away and well and how did it fall did they bump it like you would know if you bumped it you know it was like sitting next to him on stage and he like caught it as it started to fall over or something because so i think he heard someone bump it or he heard like he heard it yeah and technically speaking like you can hear things even if they're around you and your senses are sharper to things like that when you are blind especially a musician would have their ears in tune probably more than the average person um not necessarily for falling objects but at least they would have more brain power dedicated to their ears probably um, and that being said, like there are coincidences all the time. If he caught one mic stand, you know, how many other times were there things that he didn't catch or didn't see or didn't look at? I guess everything didn't see. Has anyone thrown a mic stand at him to see if he'll catch it? Uh, no, but that's a good idea. Has Steve Aoki pounded him in the face with a cake? Boom! <laughs> You look in the crowd and just everyone is Steve Aoki with cakes. I know I know what that is because I've seen clips of Steve Aoki doing that. I don't know why that is. Why does that happen? What's the deal with the cake thing with Steve Aoki? If you don't know, listeners, he's a guitarist and he hucks cakes into the crowd. And that's people want to get hit by his cake is what I gather. There's clips of people being like, me, me. And then he <laughs> nails him with the cake and they're like, yeah. 
And you see their whole head just go <laughs> like fully back touch their the nape of their neck just <laughs> I was at one of his concerts at TwitchCon and literally like the whole front of the audience like he didn't just bring one cake He had a bunch of like little cakes. What the shit? Okay, and I'm pretty sure like Front half of the audience was just covered in cake. That's awesome. Is there a reason? Oh, I heard a conspiracy theory that he used to be a baker and it went horribly <laughs> wrong, but he was never able to let it go. So now wherever he travels, there's always cake. Yeah, there was a crowd that is bakery and they were like, boo, we hate your cakes. And he goes, oh yeah. And he puts on some music and wham. And they're like, wait a minute. Yeah! <laughs> and then he was like, this is my calling. I think he brought a bunch of cakes to Twitch. Now I'm questioning myself. Wade, you just accidentally earned points and don't even know what we're doing yet. Wait, did he say like a secret phrase or something? Did he? I don't know. Cake? Cake? Bakery? Bakery? No, cake, that's not it. Bakery? Cake? Okay, I, re I regret doing this. TwitchCon, TwitchCon, TwitchCon. Listen, if you don't know why Steve Aoki throws cakes, then that's the only question that I had. If, if I can't get an answer, then we're moving on, because I just don't understand it. Uh, another conspiracy theory that you guys may have heard, Keanu Reeves is it an immortal, unaging being. Mm-hmm. The man has been in the movie industry for like a few decades, three or four decades now almost. He's like a little older, but he doesn't seem to be aging the correct amount, you know? And also, if you look, he looks exactly like depictions of famous painter Monet. Mm -hmm. Which is an anagram for Keanu Reeves. Yeah, if you look at how it's spelled in the original French. Probably. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I mean, ha that's another one. That, uh, there's also the conspiracy theory that Nicolas Cage is a vampire. It was in that movie recently. I have some foundational issues regarding vampires and whether they exist, but... But immortals, they do exist, for sure. Yeah, no, obviously. In 2011, a man named Jack listed for sale a post-Civil War photograph of an unidentified man for $1 million, claiming that it was a picture of Nicolas Cage, alive, young, thriving, survived the Civil War, went on to become a crazy actor man in the next century. What did he do in between? Smoked a lot of weed. Civil he kind of got lost. You know, he just... He he burned out a little bit, and he and he and he smoked a lot, and he worked at a gas station for a while, and then figured it out eventually. So these are all conspiracies you may have heard, and they're interesting, but they're boring. They're old. They're other people's. What I want you to do is to make your own conspiracy, and we're going to do this in three rounds. Round one, I'm going to give you a couple options. I want you to pick one of the celebrities I give to you and come okay. up with a conspiracy theory about them. Round two, you'll be welcome to come up with a theory about whomever you like. And round three, we're gonna keep as a surprise, because I like it. But I want you to come up with a conspiracy in the vein of these ones. It can be kind of goofy, it can be more serious, it can be based on facts that you may know, it can be based off of nothing, you can make up whatever facts you want to support it. I want you to sell me on a conspiracy, make me believe your conspiracy. Okay. And in the first round, I want you to come up with a conspiracy theory about either, oh, it's not either, one of these people. Danny DeVito, <laughs> Jake or Logan Paul, because they're the same guy, I think, I'm pretty sure. You can't use that, that's my conspiracy theory. Or Jack Black. I want you to sell me on a conspiracy theory about one of those people. It can be about anything. You can make up whatever facts you want. If I believe you, uh, you will win. And I can believe both of you, but I think we all know that's pretty unlikely. I've got one already. Locked and loaded? Is this one that you came up with? or The first round was supposed to be him giving us uh, celebrities, so you can't be ready. I am ready. I'm curious. It's peaked. I'm peaked. Wait, go ahead. Danny DeVito is actually really, really tall. 
he has the opposite of the Tom Cruise thing going on where he intentionally has to have like people stand on things to make him look shorter so that he can keep up his like whole vibe. And whenever you see him in person, there's actually an entire team in like ninja suits dedicated to carrying around like mirrors and things to make him look shorter because he doesn't want to ruin his brand of being like a shorter dude. What, why did, what are the, how do mirrors help him look shorter? <laughs> I don't know. How man. does that, how does that work? Do you know the details? I don't have Danny DeVito money and I don't have like that thing going where I'm like, I mean, I'm really tall, but I like being really tall. I can't imagine one to look like I'm Mark Height and being tall. So how tall is he? Like a few inches taller? Was he like six, four? Like how tall is he? Uh, six, eight. He's taller than us. Yeah. Well, that's hard to believe. Hey, that's what conspiracy theories are sometimes, man. That's true. The harder it is to believe, the more I want to believe it's true. That's definitely how they work. So that's his brand. His brand is that he's short. And he uses his wealth and influence to make sure that this happens. But he stands directly next to other actors in TV shows. It looks like it. Where you can see their whole bodies. That's all. What is that? CGI? Is that Apple boxes? Like, how, what? Dude, I don't have an explanation for you. I just know for a fact that there are times when he was younger. But there's like photos of him looking a whole lot taller than he does now. Maybe he had like some kind of surgery. Maybe it's the mirrors thing. Maybe the people he's working around are even taller than him. I don't know. Weird. And where, where I'm just curious, where did you learn this information from? Uh, the uh, scallywagnews.com. <laughs> wow, that checks out. <laughs> Those scallywags. All right. Uh, a simple, a, a nice, clean, simple one. Believable, maybe because of its almost meaningless purpose i guess because why why would you do that but i don't know it's not i'm not danny devito who knows why does tom cruise allegedly want to be as tall or taller than everyone else he works with because being tall is generally considered a good thing unless your brand is not being the tall one i guess mark how do you feel about this conspiracy uh indifferent my interest is not peaked i care not for it okay I don't know why I asked his competitor what they thought of Wade's. Makes sense. It's a little over his head, Bob. <laughs> that one wasn't a stray. That was aimed at you. That was just a shot fired. Danny DeVito is actually six foot eight. You heard it, heard it here first, probably. Uh, Mark. Yes, I have it about Jack Black. Yes. Jack um, Black. This, okay. This is something I've been compiling evidence for for a very long time. I have video evidence, audio evidence. Um, I've written testimonies. Jack Black is actually blind. verifiable. He cannot see. This is why he has a tendency to make very loud, high-pitched noises at random intervals, because he has mastered echolocation to be able to get a bearing on his surroundings. And he has used his bombastic nature and kind of outgoing personality to cover up these rounds. It's actually a very sophisticated acoustic algorithm that allows him to projection map the entirety of the room that he's in and see people's expressions in his own mind so that he can gauge audience interaction so he's able to better facilitate his uh, talent base. And his performative abilities all take place on stage. You'll see that he he often, when he moves, he moves in a very specific figure eight pattern on stage, usually with his chest jutting out because he uses his chest as an acoustic resonator for capturing the bounce back signals. And then he's able to build a more robust thing. And then he comes back around uh, to his same spot. You'll always notice he returns to his same spot because he's actually calculating how many steps he needs to go around to get the space that he's in. It adapts so, to the environment. That he's so in. he does the figure eight because that's that's a repeatable pattern but the figure eight also helps him with his mapping of the area yeah, absolutely and if you notice whenever he's like shouting into the void he's never looking at anyone in particular he's always looking just generally along the horizon so he's the opposite of stevie wonder yeah yeah okay that's interesting 
You said that, so you you have videos of him doing the figure eight, I presume. Written testimonies, too, and audio recordings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have all of it. Why Why does his best friend, bandmate, partner of a long time, Kyle Gass, go along with this? Is Kyle in on it, or does he not even know? Kyle's also blind. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't mastered the echolocation as well as Mr. Black has, so he has not been able to elevate his career as far as Jack Black has. I mean, I feel like KG does pretty good. I I think he doesn't really... I'm not saying he does poorly, but comparatively, I mean, everyone comparatively to Mr. Black may not be able to measure up, but you can see the difference. Just a few skill points accrues. You have a point. You do have mm-hmm. a point. Did your light just turn off? Yeah. Oh, also as an addendum. Fuck Wade. Oh, okay. Oh, that was harsh. I feel like I caught a stray there. Was that accidental? I sneeze. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Interesting first round. I approve. Both good conspiracy theories. I have to say, Marx is way more salacious because uh, that would be very interesting if that were true. And that would be very difficult to get away with. Uh, but I feel like Wade's is equally difficult to get away with. And somehow way more intriguing because, again, just completely pointless. <laughs> There's just no chance that any actor, even if your brand is that you're kind of that you're short, I feel like Danny DeVito's brand is more that he's funny and like out of pocket and he can be wild. Like his his character on Always Sunny, right? He's he's kind of fucking insane. And also he's just happens to be short. I don't that nature of your conspiracy wade makes me want to give you this round. I just there's just no reason he would do that. Do you want to know why? There's a theory as to why. Okay. He started his acting career, I believe, in the late sixties. The theory is he had some kind of like genetic thing where he didn't actually hit his growth spurt until the mid to late 70s. And by then he was kind of already established as being like this short kind of comedic actor. And so in order to keep that to get gigs, he had to still come off as being the short guy. You don't think being taller and as talented as he was would have just been like a like a boon? Maybe, but you'd also think being talented and good at stuff would keep people from changing their names. But some people have like stage names they use too to get gigs. If you think you have a brand, you try to preserve that brand at all costs. And if that brand included being short... Okay, well, uh, who, who am I to argue? Plus, I believe your conspiracy theory, apparently. So there we go. Danny, I am very sorry for revealing your secret. Points to you. Did you know, you said he started his acting career in the 60s, and I was like, nah, that's no way. He was born in 1944? Also, Danny DeVito's birthday is November 17th. That's coming, coming right up, my short king. Happy birthday. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-C-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
Wait, I have an explanation for why there's sometimes stage names or things like that or actors change their names and stuff. It's not necessarily just about vanity. Um, every new member of the union, the actors union, must have a custom name. So you cannot have two working actors that have identical names. Um, so that's part of the reason why some people do. If they have a particularly common name or they know that they have the same name as an actor, they might preemptively change it just to like get ahead of the curve so that they can... Wait, but didn't the guy who played uh, the doctor... Uh, Tennant, David Tennant, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't he change his name to David Tennant because that was an actor he like revered or something? Uh, maybe. But then again, David Tennant is a, a actor in the UK, so they have di probably a different actors union and a different rules. Even though that many UK actors do act in American, probably are uh, part of SAG. But I would I would be willing to bet that the bet that the UK has their own actors guild. There's a lot of UK actors that are better at being American than Americans are at being American. It's true and very funny when that happens. When there are two there are two people who both have like English or Irish accents talking to each other as Americans, and they're like totally believable. I, I think the benefit of that is that there's so many American accents that pretty much you would believe anything. I mean, not saying that that's not a good skill to learn. It is much more difficult for an American to learn like uh, a British accent, but it's like there are a lot of American accents and pretty much and like you, you listen to someone from Louisiana, it's going to be they're going to be from another country. Did I ever tell you I was doing a D&D &D campaign one time and our D&D &D DM told us to like make a character who had a southern accent and I was like. All right, let's go for some like some biscuits and gravy and whatnot. I got this. And I went and did that. And they were like, no, 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 no. A Southern British accent, like Sussex. And I was like, uh, I don't even know a British accent. <laughs> what do you mean Sussex? And it was like, just, just give me your best shot. And so the only thing I knew in the UK other than the British accent was the Scottish accent. So <laughs> I was like, well, if it's not British... I'm from Sussex! And he was like, no, Jeez. no. He was, you were like, well, you told me to do anything. So I did that the whole time and he wanted to murder me. I don't, well, it's his fault because how do you ask, do a Southern accent. Oh no. Are you the only American on that? You're not, I know this, but like. No, no, well, this was, um, this was not on my normal channel. This was, oh, on, okay. this was on Roll For It. Are they all British or something? Some of them are. There's a, there's a group that were in my group. I think there were one or two of us that were not, and like two or three that were. Because there's just no context where you say do a southern accent to American and expect them to understand that. Well, I know, but like in America, we say do a southern accent, and we would never think like, oh, we meant he thought southern British accent. No, 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 southern American, obvious. Like we're just so fucking vain that we think we know southern accent means southern American accent. I think that I feel like that would be pretty ubiquitous, like across the world like southern accent is quite famous like even well, outside of america i don't know man i i i just uh that might be that might be a little bit of uh american exceptionalism i guess maybe given that american media is consumed all around the world i'm pretty sure that people would understand that typically a southern accent uh gravitating towards the south of the united states which even in in the south of the united states there is a wide breadth of southern accents from charleston to texas to like i said louisiana i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing get a thought that I had that's almost unrelated to what you were saying. I was just imagining English people uh, it's, uh, I don't know why. You said Southern American accent. You were talking about that and I was like yes, yes. Uh, what's that accent called? Uh, Hill, Hill, Hill William. 
Do a Hail William accent. <laughs> Hail William. I just can't. I heard the whole exchange in my head and I lost track of reality for a while. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but that made me laugh, Mark, so you get points. I'll take him. I'll take him. I caught a stray point there, but I'll you take caught, it. You got caught in the crossfire. You take those. Take those points. Don't get caught in the crossfire. I, I do know that, like, a Northern English accent is a thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's all a conspiracy. Probably. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Conspiracy theories. Round two. Oh, right. Uh, round two. Same deal, but you can pick any celebrity that you want. So it could be someone that you that you like, that you know a lot about. It could be someone that you feel like there should be a conspiracy about because it just makes sense. I don't follow much celebrity news. It could be so like internet people. Thing. It can be like whatever. Like we're. I've got one. If Mark, you need some time, I can go again. Unless you want to go first. No, no, you can go. I don't have it yet. Have have at it, sir. I've heard from some reliable sources that the celebrity Mark Fishbach was a Google prop, and when Stadia collapsed. Apple bought his rights and has been using him and promoting him and helping him grow to help promote their own brand from like within. So hey, that's just a theory. Okay. Google knew that they wanted to make Stadia. You know, Google still exists, right? <laughs> like no, they're no, killing it. For they're Stadia. killing it, right? They okay. needed a gamer to help sell Stadia. From what I know and what I've been able to find, there's only been one person in the entire world that stood behind Stadia through thick and thin, even after it's been gone. And then all of a sudden, gear switched to all these Apple products. I'm just saying, kind of adds up with theory it was there was a distinct cutoff there's certainly a google era and now an apple era to to mark's leanings and technical discussions kind of supports what the whispers have been saying since the start since the start of what it's the start of mark <laughs> i feel like i've already said too much because this might get back to him mark was born into the world and as he slipped out of the womb the universe was just like google some doctors give a smack on the butt. He, from what I heard, got a branded Google on one cheek. That's funny because I, I don't know if Google was founded at that point. Google, But they knew it was coming, Mark. They knew it was coming. <laughs> I see. Google was founded in 98. The Illuminati already knew that Google would be there. And if you switch the numbers around in 98, what do you get? 89. That's how time works. <laughs> you know what? That is an excellent conspiracy theory point. You are 100% correct. If you switch those numbers places, it does say 89. And that's the year Mark was born. I didn't have to connect the dots for you. That's how the theories work, man. They write themselves. You just give someone the evidence and let them follow the trail. And when they end up at your location, you know you're on to something. Interesting choice uh, to do a conspiracy theory about your friend, but uh, that's fine. You had that one. You had that one locked and loaded. That one's. Been oh, I thought about it. Whenever you, whenever you told us there were three rounds, we got to pick. I was like, what would be funny? I was like, what if I do something about Mark? <laughs> and that was. It's funny that you say that, but we'll get to that later. I've got a conspiracy theory to end all conspiracy. Th Can it not be about celebrities? Or does it have to be about celebrities? It could be about no. You know what? Any conspiracy you want, you go crazy. Here we go. You ready? Because buckle up. Because this this shit's about to get wild. I just have two ends. Where's the where's the buckle? Everyone always criticizes the elite and the elite or the powers that be, what have you, for destroying the world, right? And they're right, you know, they're destroying the world, but not for the reasons that they think they are. It all centers on something
something that's been in front of our faces the entire time, but nobody has been willing to acknowledge the truth. Because we know that the ice caps are melting, right? We know that glaciers are peeling off of Antarctica. We know that this is occurring. And we've always just taken it as like, oh man, it's so sad. This is a byproduct of what's happening. This is just like a symptom. This is just, oh man, it's going to lead to some horrible things. But what they don't realize is the truth lurking right in front of their faces. The ice caps are melting. The ice and the permafrost is melting right off of Antarctica and revealing something lurking underneath. People don't know that Antarctica is an entire continent in and of itself. What happens when you clear an entire continent that was previously inaccessible due to meters, miles of ice, as far as you can see? Dinosaurs. Yes, exactly. There's something down there. There's something alive, just waiting to be reborn. And the elite and the powers that be know that they cannot control the population unless they both reduce it and then have something with which to ride upon as they conquer the world. Saddles. They'll make those. They have the technology for that. They're not a fan of, like, airplanes, though? No. Or, or ships, big ships. There are aquatic dinosaurs. There are flying dinosaurs. There are land-based dinosaurs. Are there wheel-based dinosaurs? Is this like a Transformers-type situation? Space-based dinosaurs. Look, I can't say all the details because I've only seen the redacted pages. I haven't seen the like the fully uncensored satellite imagery. But things are moving. And at the center of it all, at the very pole in the south, is something that looks suspiciously like a giant egg miles in diameter enormous beyond all your comprehension an egg larger than anything else there's something there and you might be saying wait santa's in the north pole but you know he's been getting doxxed for like hundreds of years so he had to move dude santa santa is a a red flag (laughs) is a false flag (laughs) (laughs) fucking the casual Santa. Uh, oh, you know what I was you know what I was hung up on, Mark? Is I was like, how are dinosaurs gonna redact information? How did you see a redacted it makes sense though, is they have a redactyl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you laughed at that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get the way the blank Wade stare. Oh yeah, you like my Sussex accent? <laughs> When you when you're the time you coming over for tea and crumpets, uh, all right. and scones. All right, I'm done laughing because no laughing okay. matter. A red dactyl. What's in the egg? It could be the king of the beasts, the greatest dinosaur of them all. The super ultra megalodon. Yes, no. exactly. I'm glad you know the scientific name. The ultra megalodon is going to wipe the earth clean. The the powers that be don't realize that they're just going to be fodder underneath their claws. There was rumors all over the world for all throughout a human history of the lizard people. What they didn't know, sophisticated, evolved dinosaurs that only believed in size above all else. How big are you talking? Like, If the egg is anything like with the satellite imagery, it's judging based on like the, the length of the shadows off of the South Pole because everyone knows it's just a big pole and everyone knows how tall it is, so I won't repeat it here. If you judge by the, sat- the shadows and the sun in that time of year when the satellite was taken, it could be anywhere from 3.4 miles to 6.9 miles in diameter. And that's just an egg. We're talking about like all the way down your pant leg and then dragging behind you. Absolutely. Whatever he said is probably true. That's big. Yeah, it's huge man and that's just the baby like when that thing's born it's gonna grow yeah so yeah it's gonna hatch and then it's gonna grow what's it gonna eat (laughs) everything (laughs) (laughs) god damn it i mean right right no god damn it that's i know that's how i felt too when i first when i saw the when i started connecting the dots 
Couldn't believe it. You were all like Alan Grant taking off your sunglasses when you saw the dots. Uh, whatever that reference was. Because if you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, you have to wear sunglasses inside when you look at your board. I mean, there's a couple of ways to conspire, but that's that's only one of them, really. Oh my god. What's on my mug? Oh god. <laughs> Uh, Mark is on the other side. Mark is on the wrong side of history right now. That's not possible. That's not possible. <laughs> all right. Well, I was going to talk through it all, but honestly, it's not even close. Mark's conspiracy wins that round. Yes. Love it. Yes. Almost want it to be true. I'm, I'm, I had to resist the urge to go to Google Earth right now to try and look at satellite imagery of the South Pole. Well, if you went to Google Earth, you would just see Mark there because, well, they owned him. Not anymore. You got to keep your conspiracy straight. And uh, that brings us to round three, which you kind of ruined, Wade, but that's okay. We can run with this. You said anybody. I was going to have round three be both of you making conspiracies about each other, but you went straight for Mark. That was your first choice. You don't know any other celebrities. Mark's the most famous person you know. It's, it's sweet. Cute, even. But that means that both of you are going to now have to make conspiracies about Wade. That seems fair. I can't imagine that gives Wade any advantages. Probably disadvantages, really, because he knows himself too well. He knows what's true. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, uh, Mark, if you're ready, you want to go first? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. In an age where digital content reigns supreme, a mysterious audio series emerges, captivating minds with its enigmatic themes and challenging narratives. But behind the allure lies a shadow organization with a hidden agenda. As listeners become unwitting participants in a clandestine experiment, ethical boundaries are shattered and lives are irrevocably altered. Unbeknownst to them, select individuals are identified for their psychic potential drawn into advanced studies from which some never return. As desperate families and anonymous insiders come forward, the question arises, how did a seemingly innocuous form of entertainment become a conduit for something so dark and dangerous? Well, it all lies in the person at the center of these events, the eye of the storm that is the whirlpool of darkness and dismay. I would like to start with some quotes that pertain to the event from people that were affected directly. Quote from Sarah Williams. I was a regular listener of Distractable, but things changed when they sent me a cryptic email after I submitted my reactions to one of their special episodes. It was as if they were probing not just for my opinions, but for something deeper, something inexplicable. I didn't sign up to be a lab rat, so I unsubscribed. Still, it makes you wonder what they're really after. Another said after I responded to a prompt, in a distractible episode, they sent me an invite for what they called Phase 2. I was curious, so I agreed. The next episode was different, intense, disorienting, seemingly spinning off in random circles, covering topics they already talked about weeks, sometimes years before. I had nightmares, and then I started seeing things, shadows, flashes of images that weren't there. Whatever they were doing, it's not just a podcast anymore. It's something darker, and I want no part of it. At the core of all this is one man, one man above all else. Bob Meiskins, host of the popular podcast Distractable, is in fact a cover for a sinister government operation known as Project Distraction. In the podcast, Bob seems to talk about random, unrelated topics, but in reality, he's subtly planting seeds of doubt and distrust in the minds of his listeners. It's all a psychological experiment, aimed with identifying potential recruits for the organization. And I'm here to expose the truth about it. Wait, would you like to contribute? I found some information that I found to be very intriguing that uh, I don't know, Mark, if this corroborates what you found mm. or if this is its own thing. I have found evidence from what was the name of the person you did you say Sarah Williams? Yeah, Sarah Williams. Okay, this either it's the same Sarah Williams or a different Sarah Williams because I've also got information from Sarah Probably Williams. Probably the same. Suggesting that there are either 
Two, he's living a double life, or he has a twin he's never revealed. While the well-known version of Bob MySkins is a well-known YouTuber and gaming content creator is primarily known for his gaming videos and collaborations with their content creators, Sarah Williams talks of the same person in an entirely different set of circumstances, and I actually have her testimony. Sarah Williams is an investigative journalist with a passion for unraveling mysteries and is an avid fan of MySkirm's gaming adventures and content. She heard some rumors floating around that there was a Robert MySkins, a scientist and inventor, doing all kinds of like ungodly, horrible deeds in the town of, let me see what it was, Pixelville. He was known far and wide as MySkirm, a name that sent shivers down the spines of those who heard it. MySkirm had a reputation for being a recluse. He resided in a grand ancient mansion on the outskirts of town, a mansion that seemed to hold secrets of centuries past. Some said it was cursed, while others believed it was filled with hidden treasures. The townsfolk whispered tales of ghostly apparitions and unexplained phenomena surrounding the mansion, fueling the curiosity and fear of the locals. One fateful day, a young and brave journalist, Sarah, arrived determined to uncover the truth about Mystrom's Atlantic Mansion. She believed there was more to the story than the spooky legend circulating in the town. Her journey was fraught with obstacles, including skeptical townsfolk who warned her to stay away. But undeterred, she persisted, researching old archives and interviewing those who dared speak about Mystrom. As she delved deeper into the mystery, she discovered that he had once been a renowned inventor and scientist. His mansion held countless inventions, many of which were years ahead of their time. One evening, she wrote, as the storm raged outside, I ventured into the mansion determined to find the truth. I uncovered hidden rooms filled with mesmerizing gadgets, intricate blueprints, and a journal detailing Bob's life's work. I realized that my skirm had not been a recluse out of fear or malevolence, but rather to protect his revolutionary creations from falling into the wrong hands. As I explored further, I encountered a holographic projection of Bob himself. In this hologram, he explained he had dedicated his life to advancing technology for the betterment of humanity. He remained hidden to safeguard his inventions and ensure they would only be revealed when the world was ready for their potential. I asked, what about your public persona, your gaming content, your streams? To which he replied, oh, I'm not prepared to talk about that. For you see, that's not me. And as soon as it began, the hologram ended, leaving Sarah confused, wondering, what did he mean? Were there two Bobs? Was it one Bob? Did he have a twin? And such... A lot is left to our imagination. Yeah, I've got to actually I think I corroborate that per, like perfectly because there's an anonymous insider from the organization that uh, this uh, mysterious Bob was running that is trying to expose the truth. They said, quote, I worked or or I work or worked within the organization behind Distractable. The public needs to understand that this isn't just an experiment. It has real consequences. People have disappeared and not just figuratively. I can't reveal my identity for obvious reasons, but someone has to blow the whistle on this. Don't engage with their special episodes. Don't become another missing piece in their twisted puzzle. What I think is happening is it's a consciousness upload program where they're trying to get people to upload their consciousness and then use their corporeal forms as puppets so that they can control the population. So you think like the public persona version is forming an audience just to have sheep to lead to the slaughter, so to speak? Absolutely. You upload the consciousness of the individual. They can exist online making content. They've never seen them in real life. It's Pied Piper leading them all into the machine slaughter. I feel like if we looked at certain points of Bob's career, we could probably pinpoint the progress. What he was uploading, how he was acting, where he was living. Yeah. And different events that were happening in those areas. I think there's a lot of dots to be connected. And Sarah Williams is the key. Yeah, I actually have another quote from Sarah Williams. I think it's her last one. So this is from a, this is a text transcription of an audio log that uh, Sarah left behind on her final exploration. I've made it into a room that appears to be some sort of control center. There are monitors displaying real-time analytics of listener engagement, biometric data, even geolocation. It's not just a podcast. It's a data collection operation on a massive scale. And there's something else files marked phase three. I didn't open them. 
but their very existence is chilling. This isn't just unethical, it's organized, premeditated exploitation. I've gathered as much evidence as I can and I'm getting out of here before I'm discovered. What I've seen goes beyond mere speculation or conspiracy theory. It's organized manipulation with unknown but clearly dangerous aims. Whoever is behind this has resources, intelligence, and a complete disregard for ethical boundaries. Listen, if you're tuning into that podcast or thinking about it, just stop. Don't be another pawn in their game. I'll do everything in my power to expose them, but for now, stay safe and stay skeptical. People have disappeared, and the rest is just screaming. I tried to look up what happened to her, and I, what I got was Sarah Williams, the intrepid investigative journalist, had always been relentless in her pursuit of the truth, but when she got too close to a shadowy conspiracy, she mysteriously vanished without a trace, leaving behind a trail of clues and a haunting question that still lingers in the world of journalism. Kind of fits what her warning was all about. Absolutely. I think at the core of all this, we need to look more deeply into who this Robert is. Agreed. Also, Bob points. <laughs> so listen hey folks that's all we have time for today on the curious conspiracy corner we've explored some wild theories some wacky ideas maybe even ventured a bit too close to the edge of absurdity uh remember conspiracy theories are meant for entertainment purposes not for taking seriously so please don't go accusing anyone of secret syndicates or government activity or anything without any evidence which we did not present any today because this was just for jokes and stuff (laughs) and uh yeah if you have any questions uh make sure you you can go to the the discord and you can share them and 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 don't uh don't worry about that make sure you keep your tinfoil hat ready and it's time to pick a winner so uh everybody had some funny stuff today i think my favorite uh even though that last round was really good and very funny uh i think my favorite was probably the dinosaur theory so danny devito i agree no he's not a dinosaur i like the dinosaur theory uh unless wade has anything to add wait do you believe what were who you talking about sarah what's her name never heard of her sarah williams the investigative journalist Uh uh-huh do you believe what she had to say oh absolutely interesting mark do you believe what sarah williams not had at to say? all what a crackpot okay what? absolutely mark, what <laughs> i can't believe it no no mark come back by a strange coincidence and probably only because of the dinosaur one he did mark was the winner of today's episode <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have fun here. Anyway, congratulations, Mark. Uh, would you like to give a winner speech? Absolutely, I would. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed colleagues, friends and family, first of all, let's not tiptoe around it. This is incredible! Winning this is a significant milestone. Not just for me, but for everyone who has been part of this journey. I'm standing here, but trust me, I didn't get here on my own. Everyone who supported me so far. You taught me not just the skills, but also the values that have shaped me both professionally and personally. This win is a testament to your unenduring wisdom. I'd also like to acknowledge my competitor. You push me to do better, to be more innovative and focused. We might be the ones holding the trophy tonight. I might be the one holding the trophy tonight. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) But the race we all run together is what truly elevates our field. Lastly, let's not forget the work we do to impact the lives, communities, and world at large. So well, I celebrate this win. Let's also remember the responsibility that comes with it. Thank you, everyone. Let's keep pushing boundaries. Let's keep making a difference. Cheers! 
Thanks so much, Mark. Well said. Excellent winner speech. Thank you. Uh, Wade, would you like to give a loser speech? I'm so sorry. Conspiracy theories aren't real, and whatever Bob says is right. <laughs> Funny as always. Thank you so much, Wade, for trying your best today. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, keep being you. Keep keep it classy. Mark, I hope you enjoy your imaginary trophy and the kind of real bragging rights that come with it. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you watched the video, make sure you, you enjoyed I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you watch it. It's available on Spotify. You can watch the video. You should definitely watch the video. It's really more effective if you watch the video. Remember, keep your conspiracy theories lighthearted and fun, like the conspiracy theory that maybe we'll sell merch someday. And uh, you can find me at Meisker, Mark at Markiplier, Wade at Lord Minion 777 or Minion 777. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Podcast out. <laughs>